0: Action. I was one of the first women to serve on an aircraft carrier. Danger. The governor had called, and there's a situation. They need to evacuate. Adventure. I'm watching all the coral and all the fish, and just the serenity of the ocean made me feel a sense of peace. You're listening to Sea Story. Episode 67. Sandstorm. Hi, I'm John Belomo, hospital corpsman, first class, surface warfare, retired. I'm from Pensacola, Florida, home of the Blue Angels, and this is my sea story. Back in the uh, mid-80s, the USS Stark was on patrol in the Persian Gulf. I believe its mission was to escort oil transports in and out of the Persian Gulf. It was hit by the missile and sustained a considerable amount of damage. It was a big newsworthy story, mid-80s. I wanted to be a part of the Navy after I saw what happened. It was something that I felt strongly about, enough to go to a recruiter and say, I want to swear in. I received orders to the USS John Young Spruance class destroyer. It was amazing getting a ship, actually seeing the real Navy as I walked down the pier. Destroyers aren't huge ships, but they have pretty lines. It was just an amazing thing to see as I was walking down the pier. My sea bag over my shoulder and orders in my hand. I checked on board and found that I was one of Corman in sick bay. One of the first port stops that we made was Bahrain, ASU Bahrain. ASU Bahrain was basically the uh, headquarters for everything that was happening in the Persian Gulf. That was the main base of command control of the area. Bahrain was a neat place. They had uh, some really interesting shops in town. Called the sook could buy and trade so many different things. I bought some papyrus paintings, perfumes, rugs, gold, gems, food was amazing there. It was just an amazing place. A lot of incense you smelled everywhere. Some of them were just tents set up, some were small shack shops, but each one had a different thing that they were selling. Now granted, you could find more than one place that sold perfume or rugs brass pots or oil lamps, but it was uh, people that you were able to talk to as you walked in, they were very friendly. It was always an interesting experience. It was never the same experience twice going to the sook. As night was coming, uh, we were all told that we had to get back to the ship because the ship had to get underway right away. What had happened was a storm was brewing. There was really heavy wind. Little did we know it was a sandstorm heading toward us. We didn't know that it was actually a sandstorm till the next day when we woke up and the ship was covered with sand. It lasted, well, most of the night and into the next day because it's such a fine particulate and it's red. The sand is red, orangey color. We had to close all intakes, air intakes, and close down the ships so that everything wasn't getting mucked up by the sand. It's really fine dust. Couldn't go out on weather decks. They didn't want anybody out on weather decks. But you can go up onto the bridge and you can look out through the bridge windows. That sun gave off a really eerie orange glow as it came through the sand that was blowing across. And these clouds, these sand clouds are huge. So they had a shore patrol come through where everybody was, tried to round everybody up and get us back to our ships. When they came to get us, it was already evening. It was dark, 20 or 2100. At that point, there were lights on the pier, but they're spaced, and they didn't go over the side of the pier. They were lighting the pier itself, so it was really dark. You couldn't see between the barge and the pier. The seas right there were probably five or six feet. They were significant waves coming in. The pier, was basically concrete. A concrete face all the way to the waterline. It was low tide, this huge barge that was probably 300 feet long by like 50 feet wide. It was tied up to this pier, and as the wind was blowing, it was creating a lot of waves up against the pier. Every few minutes, the barge would make its way back and it would slam into the pier, and then it would reverberate, and then it would start to slowly go back out, leaving about a 10-foot gap between the pier and the barge. It just kept ebbing and flowing back and forth, Then, every few minutes, it would hit the pier. It was kind of surreal. The uh, hollow thud that the steel barge made when it hit the pier was kind of eerie. The wind was howling had to have been solid 20 to 25 mile an hour wind, steady. Nobody was really afraid of the wind or even the seas. We're all sailors, we know what we signed up for. There had to have been about 40 or 50 of us all standing on this barge. Uh, It had no railings around it, it was just a barge, just a flat platform. Everybody was in good spirits. We were all laughing, talking about what happened, what we did during the day. And then that's when the uh, incident happened. The uh, barge was pretty much on a regular schedule as it hit that pier and bounced away. And as it hit one of the times, there was a young female sailor that was standing too close to the edge and she lost her balance. She fell into the water between the barge and the concrete pier. All I heard was a scream and a splash at that moment after the thud. Not even 10 seconds later, I saw everybody gathering around and looking down at the water. Somebody yelling, she fell in. I was with three other of my shipmates and said, I'm going in. I'm going to get her. They all ran with me. I don't remember at the time if I yelled out that I was a corpsman or if I yelled out, get out of the way. I dove in. My main thing was to get her from behind the barge. Even if we weren't being pulled out, I could get her off to the side and make sure that she was safe, that we were both not going to get crushed by the barge. I was diving down and all of a sudden, my ankle was caught by one of my shipmates' hands. I ended up slapping up against the barge and he got lowered down by another guy that was holding on his belt. They lowered me down to this young lady in the rough water between the barge and the pier, who was frantic. I grabbed a hold of her arms, and I had her grab a hold of mine, and I was frantically telling the guys to pull me up. You got to pull us up. You got to pull us up. You got to pull us up, because as they were trying to get me up with her in my arms, the concrete wall was getting closer and closer, and the gap was closing and we were literally 15 seconds away from being pancakes. Finally, they got me up to a point where lower half of my body was on top of the barge. She was still between the barge and the pier, and it was everything I could do to just pull her up. And the two of us just fell. The two other guys, we were all kind of just laying there on the ground. And everybody started clapping. Everybody said, hey, you saved your life. I got up, I asked her if she was okay. I was a mess. Uh, I had barnacle scrapes on my body as well, and my friend sprained his wrist holding onto my legs. So there was a bunch of us, three of us that were injured, the girl that fell in. I said, well, let's go over to the USS LaSalle, which is the command ship of ASU. We went over, and I explained to them that I was a, a corpsman, and uh, these were my patients. <laughs> I explained that she had fallen in between the, the barge and the pier. They immediately took her back and uh, checked her out real quick. Uh, they saw us with the lacerations, and they saw my buddy's uh, swollen wrists, and they took us back as well and dressed our wounds. Next day, I found out that there was radio traffic that went back to the sink pack, and the Desron Severn Squadron commander of my heroic deeds. Um, I didn't see it as heroic about what I did. They announced it over the 1MC on board the ship the next day. I was the only one that actually got said anything about, and I felt bad because there was two other shipmates that were part of the rescue. I made sure that that was noted to their respective division officers. But my name was the only one that went out on message traffic. And I still have that message saying, bravo Zulu. And uh, it was a good feeling. The girl who fell in the water, I did not know her at all. I had never spoken to her. I don't know what job she did on the tender, But I will tell you that she was grateful that I was willing to do what I had done. She couldn't thank me enough over and over and over as we walked down the pier. I would have done it for anybody. It just happened to be her that day. You never need a friend if you have sailors in your life. Your shipmates are, in most cases, even closer than family. And in a lot of cases, are the only family that some people have. I think there's so many corpsmen out there that have done way more heroic things than myself and have never been thanked or even recognized. Because that's what our job is. It's to save people, it's to keep people safe, it's to help the sick, mend the wounded. We're basically the 911 during combat. When they call corpsmen up, we rise to the occasion. We run into the face of danger. We dive without thinking. I think that's what I did. I dove without thinking. To hear more stories like mine, subscribe to Sea Story today. Sea Story is brought to you by America's Navy. Learn more at Navy.com.